what aliens you've got? They're inside Downing Street. Planet Earth is at war. Everybody run! They're aliens. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and tonight we are reviewing the next episode in our review of the Ninth Doctor stories. This is part two of a two-part story, and the title of this is World War Three. To get started, it would not be proper for me not to introduce my co-host, Clarence Brown. Hey, Clarence, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm sitting over here with Clara Gagazone. Just ah, chilling. Cool, cool. With yeah. not rose-colored goggles, Clara goggles. Definitely Clara goggles. And I will blame Mr. Lee Shackelford for telling me how great Victoria was because I have actually finished watching watching the whole first season. It's only eight episodes, mind you. But I watched the entire first season and have started into the next. So, uh, yeah, Clara goggles, definitely. And I'm loving that show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But, you know, I have to give you credit because I've not watched a single episode of it. Uh, it has Clara in it. That's all you need, man. I have not watched a single episode ride, of it. Ride this wave, man. What's wrong with you? Jeez. I have not watched a single episode of it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I'm making a joke, but I have heard that the show is very good. And, you know, obviously Jenna Coleman is a great actress. I, I mean, I'm making a joke, uh, you know, at Clara's expense. But that being said, she is a great actress. She was a good companion. And, you know, I have heard great things about it. So kudos. I'll maybe need to listen to you. And unlike what I did with a certain dead <laughs> walking people that I didn't listen yeah. to you. Yeah. So, so before we go any further, I want to kind of mention something, you know, obviously Lee has not been on the last episode. He's not on this episode, but he is literally, well, usually uh, up to no good because he had a birthday recently. So happy belated birthday to you, Lee. But yeah. he has been quite busy. And how has he been busy? Uh, he has recently written another play that he did without even telling us about. So FYI, but, uh, it recently premiered in, I believe his hometown at the Vulcan, uh, park and museum out, actually not hometown or it may be his hometown, but it was in Birmingham, Alabama. And the name of this is, I want to make sure I get this right. Washington and Du Bois. Two opinions, one goal. And if I mispronounce Du Bois the name, you know, please, you know, correct me there. But part of the Vulcan Park and Museum, the, the name of the, the theater that he was at, it says that it was an amazing performance that compared the different philosophies of Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois while showing how they came to respect one another. The twist of the play was marvelously executed thanks to the brilliance of playwright Lee Shackelford. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually uh, watch part of it on the, I think it was on the Vulcan Park website, uh, ah, Facebook cool. page. Cool. Yeah, so. 
So I did actually start watching in like the first 15, 20 minutes of it. Well, 10 to 15 minutes in. I really I didn't get finished because I was like in the middle of running out the house doing something else. But I definitely had to finish watching it because it seemed pretty awesome. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but it's kind of cool of how these people from our history were introduced because, of course, they're in this audience of people and I'm not going to say they break walls, but you just have to watch it of how, how uh, they kind of interact. I think it's really cool. And just kudos to Lee. It's awesome. Awesome play. You know, that's one thing that I have much respect for someone who can create a living and breathing environment. And what I mean by that is anytime you write something, I think you do have to have the, foresight of being able to make it a living and breathing document that becomes to life because that's ultimately what you want that to be is on stage and, you know, presented by two people. So anybody that can do that, and it's such an honor to know Lee and have him on here. So kudos to Lee for um, your play, the success of it. And we will put a link in our show notes uh, for this. So, Enjoy yourself, Lee, while you're doing this, and we can't wait to have you back. There you go. Oh, yeah. So, Clarence, what has been going on with you? So, I, since I've talked about Lee for two or three minutes, what's been going on with you? Uh, nothing. Clara Goggles. Nothing. Uh, nothing much. Clara Goggles. Clara Goggles. <laughs> so, That's about it. <laughs> so, no, um, no Doctor Who um, interesting tidbits that you've watched lately doctor who interesting tidbits um i'm trying to think what are you, what are you talking about here oh could it uh, be that i'm talking about this marvelous episode that we're reviewing oh tonight? oh okay yeah that <laughs> so like, where's he leading me <laughs> yeah so uh you know if you've listened to our last episode you'll know where my corny joke came in at but um so why don't we go ahead and do the spoiler review how about that yes so for World War III. Yes. So for, for anyone who is new, one of my favorite things to do on this show is to give my spoiler warning because it gets to use the River Song voice. So without further ado, if you have not seen this episode, put us on pause. Go out and watch World War III. It is the fourth episode of the 2005 series with Christopher Eccleston. So put us on pause, go watch it, because from henceforth, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Okie dokie, we are back. And here we are, fourth episode and the Slavine. Clarence, ballpark, what do you think? Man, I really think that bumper, you know, that that spoiler bumper was really, really great, man. You know, um, yeah, just River in there. And uh, it was just it was a really great spoiler and it bumper. And canine in was, there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. You know, Wonder Woman playing in the background a little bit. Just just it's great. It's great. You know. Oh, what are we talking about here? Yeah. That, oh. Yeah. <laughs> World War Three. So, oh, man. Oh, well, I, I just wanted to, like, find something good about this episode. And. Wow. I mean, there's not much good in it. And it's written by Russell T. Davies. And I want to say, Russell T. Davies, you wrote such great things. Why this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm going to echo a little bit of what I said in the last review, just that satirical spin, which was a little less 
of that in this episode, but still the 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 farting and oh man, I don't know. I enjoyed the last episode way better than this one, and um, I'm <laughs> I didn't enjoy it, man. I'll just say that. What about you, sir? Oh, oh, <laughs> see, see, okay. So, but you did mention something that's quite interesting, and I'll tell you what you said that you felt like that there was less satirical element in last episode than it did or that it felt in this episode right yeah i mean i feel like this one had a little bit less of the you know funny bits or weird out of place bits than the last episode but yet and still i didn't like this one at all and i'm and i think it just boils down to the slovene um Okay, so, no, no, see, I felt at one point, I, I'm kind of di- going to disagree, you know, where last time I agreed with you like a million percent, I'm going to disagree with you this time. I think this one had much more of the satirical comedy than did the last one, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, there were some scenes in there that I felt like I was watching Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, running through the... um Running through Downing Street, I guess yes. that was pretty, yeah. It's like when they're running across that open space. That was a direct shot out of Scooby-Doo. I yes. can see it in my head. Okay, so you <laughs> see you see them running in the open space, and then they're hiding behind, you know, the, the, that, the, the scene where they're hiding uh, reminds me of an old soap opera where, you know, someone is standing in a room and they're behind this plant and this plant is not even like a big plant. It's like a desk plant and they're standing <laughs> behind it and they're eavesdropping or hiding. And I'm like, we see you standing right there. You yeah, know, there was so many moments like that, too. Like another one, too, is when the guy, I guess he's a soldier. He ran up to get them out of the room because they were the place was going to explode. And he just looks in there like uh Never mind. He closed the door, run out. I'm like, that's like directly out of a comedy or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, and <laughs> I even heard in my head when Rose and uh, Harriet Jones were being chased by the Slovene. You know, I'm seeing th- this this whole music montage in my head of this, uh, you know, like um, Laurel and Hardy or the Scooby Doo mysteries and whatever. And I'm like, okay. I don't want a Scooby snack. I want a, you know, jelly baby. This isn't Doctor Who to me. Yeah, but you're exactly right. A curtain and a what? What do you call that? A clothing changing thing or whatever yes. wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mind you, and mind you, when did the Doctor develop powers to envelop electrical current and turn it out against? The enemy, I, that was totally weird to me. Has he ever done that before? Is that new? Uh, when did he develop this power? Uh, yeah, it, that was kind of probably a one-off thing, probably. Oh, God. That was uh, – But maybe he can conduct energy because we'll see him do something similar later on in this season, and I'll mention that um, when we get there. So this episode did have something that I had forgotten. And, you know, we've mentioned uh, previously uh, with this other episode and actually some other episodes past that there are elements to Christopher Eccleston's doctor and the stories here because we don't see them that much that they're really good and we've forgotten about them. And one of the things that I had forgotten was the fact that Mickey was offered by the ninth doctor yeah. to travel. Yeah, yeah. 
That was awesome. I had forgotten that. And, you know, we've ragged on Mickey these first few episodes. And so has the doctor, quite frankly, uh, Mickey the Idiot. But it has gone from a, a, um, you get you're not you're you're dumb you're an idiot, and it is somehow morphed into a sense of respect, ever so slightly, <laughs> sense of respect that the doctor seems to have for Mickey at this point, and I just thought that was really cool to see. You know what's really cool for me, for Mickey, and, and seeing the Mickey progression again is it made me remember why I liked Noel Clark as an actor. And not necessarily Mickey as a character, but he he as an actor. And, and I'm with each episode that he's in, I'm remembering it more and more and more. You took a character that was presented as a bumbling idiot, but but slowly, episode by episode, transform him into the character that we saw in 2010's episode. So yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. And, and it's kind of funny because, again, not only does he get the respect of the doctor in this episode, but I also feel like he gets the respect of uh, of Jackie because he comes in and basically saves her um, from being decimated, destroyed, killed or whatever. And, you know, goes on to be a pr- to have a pretty pivotal role in helping the doctor um, deter this enemy. Yeah. And so that was two of two of the notes that I made. And it's interesting and it makes us feel our age when we're looking back and we're reviewing something and we're looking at the technology and we're looking at the website for the unit website and we're looking at the uh, phone that he's using to take the picture of the Slovene. And we're going, or I'm sitting here thinking, oh, wow, that, that website just looks archaic. Oh, wow, <laughs> uh, that phone looks old. Yeah, for some reason, that didn't jump out as me at, to me as much. Um, yeah, I, I do realize, you know, the website he was on, the computer he was using, and as well as the phone, uh, very much feel out of date to us with all these years later. Um, but yeah, for some reason, it didn't jump out to me as being just, and probably because I grew up in th- that time, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm just used to it. But but, yeah, I can see how, how that would be off putting, especially to, to like a little kid looking at looking at that episode today. You know, like what what is what are they doing? <laughs> so I have to ask the question. Do you remember or or you probably don't. But do you remember the phones that were, that, that were the rotary? I mean, I know you've probably seen them in museums. More, yeah. But but if you, did you ever have one of those? I mean, my grandma had one. Um, I'm sure I've used it before, but yeah, I've, I've seen them. I've okay. seen them. I say that much. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've used them. I used to have one. So there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. You didn't. You didn't have it as a nostalgia piece in your house. Uh, no, I had it as in that was the phone that that I got for Christmas. Whenever I first got a phone, was oh, and it man. wasn't a cordless phone. It was a. Uh, 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 like an old school under the Christmas tree, which I was so happy to have, but it was like a rotary dial phone that was, I don't remember what color it was, but it was, you know, had the cord on it that was probably eight to ten pounds, and it was like, oh, cool, I've got a phone now. What are these wires you speak of? Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So back to um, 2005, um, we had the Sladeen basically uh, trying to sell stuff, which I thought was just dumb. So, so what were they, in fact, trying to sell the planet for its resource? I, I'm still kind of confused on that. Yeah, see, uh, they are raiding it for some commercial purpose. They they really didn't, to my knowledge, uh, really say what that was, other than this was a um, attempt to sell stuff. I mean, yeah. are raiding it. So, you know, it's pretty obvious that the Slothene are not, or the race that they are, are not um, morals. They don't have many, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah obviously. I mean, it was cool how they played the twist on they're not here to just take over the human race. This was just a, a pillage the planet thing. And um, it was a, what the Slovene is. That's their family name. Yes. That's their name. So I yeah. thought that was kind of cool. And I won't even pre- uh, attempt to pronounce what their real race name is. It was just kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm not either because I'm not <laughs> going to say it. No, I'm not because it uh, – I. Out of all of the monsters that I can remember, there is another one, and I think it's the 2006 Love and Monsters. Uh, I'm not sure exactly um, what that being's, you know, that creature was, but when we get to it, I'll, you know, tell you which one it is. But um, out of all the bad guys that I've seen in Doctor Who, the Sladeen have to rank down as probably, if not the worst, <laughs> one of the worst that I've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah, they're not very appealing to the eye. I'll say that much. And just goofy. Oh, jeez. And the whole, the, the baby face, you know, that they have, it looks like this creepy, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> child's porcelain doll that's been kind of like, photoshopped to where its eyes is bulging and put on this weird looking weird looking yeah. weird looking and weird looking again body yeah i mean what what do you think about um how the doctor actually came to the conclusion of that is who this race is to me it felt very unscientific because they were just like throwing out stuff well they're are they this are they this you know and he kind of used that to use deductive reasoning i guess to know who the alien was, but he didn't know who they were by looking at them. So I found that kind of weird. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. I think it was an attempt to, you know, show the doctor's brilliance. But, you know, when your hand... Okay, but let me put it like this. If you had a really good villain, I don't think people would have picked up on that. But when you're sitting here trying to find valid things other than we hate the villain... <laughs> you know, things like what you're referring to are blatantly like screaming at you. But I think from from a writing aspect, they probably was trying to say, look how smart the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, just a point on like what they were trying to pillage the planet for. I remember now is that they wanted the nuclear codes to actually nuke the planet to sell the rock for as radioactive fuel or something like that. Right. Which is just Again, weird. So, but hey, it's a family business. <laughs> all right. So let me ask you, uh, you know, let me ask you this. Um, did, you know, we're talking about the family business. We're talking about the Sladeen. We also get to meet again. We see 
uh, Harriet Jones. And he's referring to, you know, where do we know Harriet Jones and, and whatever. Do you, What do you think about what he says at the end about her, you know, becoming prime minister and she <laughs> starts off glorious new uh, golden age for uh, Britain and she's elected to three, you know, terms. What did 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 that sound odd to you? Um, that's what happened, right? Well, here's 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 what I'm curious about. Uh, how long is and I'm looking this up because I don't know how long is a uh, prime, prime minister's term? Yes, I think it's four years, but I have no idea. All right, we're 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 going to look. Um, that's just me being very American, right there. Well, me too. <laughs> so that's why I look. Is there a limit to how long the British Prime Minister may be in office? A UK government is elected for a period of five years. Oh, wow. The, the five years runs from the first meeting of the parliament following the general election. Unlike the US, there are no term limits. Okay. So here's where I was going with that. So we see uh, Harriet Jones, and we know between now and the Christmas invasion, she is elected prime minister. Yeah, which I'm I'm assuming she gets elected pretty quickly because the prime minister is dead. So Correct. I think she's the next one in line. Correct. Correct. And so she's elected and she's prime minister in the Christmas invasion. So the doctor's prophecy or, you know, telling came true. But no spoilers. There's well, no spoilers, but something happens in the Christmas invasion that makes me have a problem with him saying the three terms uh you know of the Britain's golden age. Hmm. And I totally do not exactly remember what you're talking about. All right. So that will pique your interest when we get to uh in about six or seven episodes when we get to the Christmas invasion that you you will know exactly when you hear what I'm talking about what I'm talking about. So Well and just at that point, fifteen years I mean, that is longer than we've had New Who. So do we assume the timeline in New Who is is exactly equivalent to our current timeline? Very good hypothesis. Very good question. And in some cases, no. And in some cases, yes. Case in point, the doctor meets uh, a companion when she is uh, a child and then sees the companion again when he thinks it's been, you know, oh, a couple of minutes and it's been seven or eight years. So, yeah. Um, mm. but, but trust me, uh, when we get to that episode, my, my problem with Harriet Jones will make total sense. Mm. Okay. Well, let me ask you this just to stick on Harriet Jones for a second. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? And the reason I ask that is the doctor clearly plants the prime minister's seed in her head. Not to say that she wouldn't have ran anyway, uh, but she was a very low-ranking elected official, very low-ranking. And he puts the seed in her head in her head to actually run, that she could be a viable candidate. So there's always one of those problems you, that can pop up with time travel. Uh, but, but yeah, just, just mm, really weird. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I have... I, I I could speculate that we could see someone that is a low-ranking government official, and maybe everybody else 
dies in this horrible attack. And this may be, I'm, I'm just going to speculate here, minister of education or minister of agriculture suddenly becomes president and stays president of these colonies, we shall call them, until, you know, the end of that show. So do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. Battlestar Galactica. Wait, was she the president? Of, she, uh, she, the, she became the president, yes. She wasn't okay, the yeah. president, but she yeah. became the president after the events of the first or second and third episodes, I believe. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, totally. totally. Okay, valid point. Valid point. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What about Rose as a character this particular episode? Character growth? Did you see it? Hmm. Do it. I'll sum it up in, in those two words. Do it. When the doctor pitched this zany plan to wipe out the, the Slovene, um, and he mentions to Jackie and Mickey that, you know, this could be, this could kill us, kill us all, you know, and Rose without hesitation just says, do it and sticks to her guns and, I don't know. I, it makes me feel weird because, you know, it's this, this brainwashed teenager who's seen this this guy who even Jackie says she's infatuated with the guy, which cho- she totally is. And it makes me think, OK, what did he really do to make her feel this way? Of course, he's the doctor. She's smitten. But it's just kind of a weird thing to be faced with death in that moment and be like, do it, you know, but. Again, you have to throw on top of that. Oh, they're saving the planet. So, hey, maybe it was a more of a, a patriotic thing than, than, you know, just being brave. <laughs> so, so you have to, you know, factor in one thing here. This, you know, this infatuation, this was a first. I mean, I know the eighth doctor had the kiss with, you know, his companion in the television movie. However, the infatuation between companion and doctor Remember back in the old days, the doctor really couldn't even hug the companions, much less have an infatuation going on with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point taken. One thing that I noticed about Rose was we've we're already seeing and I think it's kind of tying into what you're saying is we're already seeing her develop as a companion of the stars and of what the doctor does and is leaving behind more and more. So the, the person that she was and, and the good way to say that uh, would be to when she's talking with the doctor and Harriet Jones makes some comment about, no, 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 you can't do that. Or our people are going to die or whatever. And, you know, Rose was just so matter of fact, similar to what you're saying with Jackie, but she was just so, this is, like you said, do it. This is what we're doing. And I've, and I, you know, it goes back to all the things that she's seen. Well, I mean, it happens with all the companions, um, especially new who I can't really speak to classic, but especially new who, um, we've seen where time and time again, a companion has, has become this, this mirror in some sense of the doctor and having this, um, being emboldened by knowing the doctor and being around them and, and feeling the things that he feels and they become attached to that world. And I feel like Rose is getting caught up here, you know, which not to say her thoughts were bad, but, but, but she's definitely feeling that doctor complex. I'll put it like that. Yeah. And, you know, 
she's not, or whenever you're saying, uh, you know, the classic, the classic, you know, you had, uh, I'll use Tegan as an example. Remember, she's the companion that basically says, I can't do this anymore. You know, I can't take this anymore. And so, um, I think that would be a whole episode unto itself. And maybe we should do that at some point, which is how the doctor changes the companions. Not necessarily how he, yeah. they com- yeah. change him, but, you know, looking at and talking about some of the companions and how they have been impacted by meeting the doctor. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I guess in this case, we could, you know, extend it out to the companion's family because, I mean, we see where she's just coming. Rose is just coming off of being gone for a whole 12 months. And, you know, her mother is torn and i guess one of the good things about these last two episodes we get to see we get to see jackie go from where have you been why are you with this guy this guy is no good he's an alien to bring invite him over for some tea <laughs> um or amarillo or whatever she said uh for a drink but i mean still we we have again we mentioned earlier where rose is just so totally smitten by this guy she's already in her room packing her bag you know and um yeah and, and to see the different reactions from the different characters you know we see jackie but we see mickey who very much likes the doctor you know he beca- he grows he grows on him but he just knows that life isn't for him and it's just just cool seeing that dynamic so let me ask you this, from your watching of Mickey, has he reached the point in your opinion to where he as a, um, you know, a, as a person who is involved in a relationship, whether they, you know, we don't know how quote unquote serious their relationship was prior to, um, you know, Doctor Who starting back in 2005, but as a character, has he reached at this point that acknowledgement as she's not for me anymore? Um, I don't, I don't think so yet. I think he still thinks there's hope, but he knows, you know, even after showing a bit of bravery, bravery in this episode, he just knows he can't do it. You know, he even tells a doctor, you know, don't, don't tell her that I don't want to go. You know, he kind of alludes to, you know, I don't want her to know, but even though he showed bravery in this episode, he is just scared crapless of, <laughs> about going on these adventures. And the doctor invites him in, you know, the doctor's showing him respect, but still, you know, he just can't do it, even though he loves Rose. And that goes back again to what I said at the beginning, how amazing Noel Clark was as an actor, because I keep picturing Mickey, later Mickey, not current Mickey. And there is so much character growth from where we are now to where we're going. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So any any points that that I've missed that you can think of? Uh, I had uh, among our other gripes, I had a gripe with the point where the doctor first runs from the Slovene and he's standing in front of the elevator and he's surrounded by the so the police. And they're like inches away from him, but yet and still he gets time to duck in the elevator and close the door and leave without being caught. I was All like, right. oh. So let me ask you this. Even if you were sit- standing in an elevator and you pressed the close button, 
You cannot tell me, A, that somebody could not have reached in and held the door. Yes. That they could not have shot him. C, something else, uh, they could have rushed into the, um, you know, into the elevator with him. So, yeah. Yeah. Really? that, That was bad. That was pretty bad. And also another takeaway is when the doctor hands Mickey the disc to erase all of his existence from the web. Which, you know, I'm thinking back to 2005. You know, now we see that, well, whatever. But 2005, I think that had to be pretty cool to see him, you know, the web being so fresh at that point. You know, we've had had a few years at that point. But, you know, to have that notion to, we're going to wipe all existence of the Doctor off the web. You know, some people may have thought at that point it's still possible. <laughs> so I True. thought that was a, a cool thing. True. Um, you know, um I, I, I find it interesting that there are these little, you know, continuity gripes or continuity, um, holds or continuity, uh, wibbly wobbly timey wimeys that, you know, that we can see. And it makes me think back of wondering, did they have an anticipation and probably didn't that this would be still around? in 2018 that it would be as successful as it was. And if there was as much um, thought put in uh, into all of these episodes as there might would have been. Yeah. I mean, into that, I say in any series, no matter what it is, you're still going to have some type of canon inconsistencies. Uh, see Star Trek, see Star Wars. Um, but it's, it's just part of the business and you do your best in the future to try to clean those up or, you know, try to make it one off or or say that, you know, it didn't count or something to that effect. But I mean, you're going to have those. And this is something we have to accept. True, true, true. You know, I would be interested in if anyone's listening has an answer to this or knows of an article or has been to a convention or has heard a YouTube uh, interview, I would be interested to know if Russell T Davies has ever been asked and are you know, print or in video or audio for that matter, if he regrets creating the Slovene. So just to piggyback off that, do we see the Slovene again after we, this? We see the one of the characters later this season and a I think it was a baby or a child Slovene or maybe or of that race. I'm not sure if it was of the same family was on an episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Mm. So I'm going to pivot that into, can the Slovene be redeemed? (laughs) Mm. Do they need to be? (laughs) I don't want them to be. (laughs) I don't, you know, you know how we get into that, oh, well, oh, wow, it's another Dalek story. Here comes another Dalek story. Give me a Dalek every freaking episode, (laughs) but don't give me a Slovene. Oh, it's just a design. Just a design. Yeah. And the flatulence. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you, sir. You know, I, you know, I go back to what I was saying in the last episode when, when I said that if it was just nothing more than all, we never saw them. And we, when we did see them or if we saw about them, we just saw like the bright, lights or whatever and and you created that old school mystery or a surrounding them of what are they i think they would have been much more menacing and a much better episode 
You yeah. didn't need the comedy. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. So question for you. Does that, could that be a play to the fact that Doctor Who, quote unquote, is supposed to be a children's show? And was that kind of playing up that aspect with the, with the Slidane? Um, hmm. and, and I'm trying to think less of this episode and think of the last four episodes. Where the, was there anything in those episodes that would preclude this from being a children's show? Um, of course, the doctor curses. I don't know if he did in the classics, but he curses uh, some even in this episode, uh, which are not bad curse words, just minor, you know. Uh, but I don't know. This very much, again, you made it the t- up top. This felt like a Scooby Doo episode. And. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they were going for, man. I honestly do not know what they were trying to do with this. So I want to pose this question to our British friends that uh, listen to our podcast. And when I think of a children's show in American standard, and I'm not saying that, you know, either standard quote, you know, again, here I go with quote unquote, but is right or wrong either way. But when I think of a children's show, American standard, I'm thinking Sesame Street or... Uh, something on public access or, um, you know, Barney and Friends, which I hated, but, um, <laughs> you know, something, something educational and, and, you know, that you could put a five year old in front of and not worry about if I were a parent. Oh, well, what are they going to see on the television with, the, you know, a British version of what's called or considered a children's show? What are the age ranges in the intended audience? Maybe what a children's show branding in the UK might mean nothing more than, um, you know, what we might consider uh, age 14 appropriate, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. So um, any clothing, uh, clothing, well, because they wore, you know, people as I like to be naked. Yeah. Oh, that was another one. Oh, that was another one. Oh, boy. And uh, that was very gross, the way they killed them with the vinegar, and they just kind of splat. Yeah, and and, uh, I can't believe there's no vinegar in Downing Street. We could have ended this whole thing really quickly, Uh, but hey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really? I mean, yeah. Um, Yeah. So final um, ratings, what would you give this one? I would give this a strong a strong one out of five. Hmm. Did not like, darn near hated. But it was Doctor Who, so I'll give it a one. Okay. <laughs> so I am going to say I'm going to give it a strong one out of five. Did not like it, almost hated it, but it was Doctor Who. So I'm going to ah. give it a one. So great, great minds think alike. <laughs> cool, yeah. man. So, uh, I mean, I hate 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 you know so want to have good things to say about a doctor who episode but i just can't do it with this episode well you know everything can be a five and you need those ones to balance things out and you know you when you see a really good episode or a decent episode you really know next time because you have this one to gauge against so good point and the next episode that we will be reviewing i think will have a lot more meat and and bones and you know whatever i think this next episode that we will be reviewing will totally here i go ex- 
exterminate this episode. Ah, so uh, yeah, the next one we will be reviewing is the Dalek episode. It's episode six, and it is the return for the new age of the Daleks. So uh, yeah, I'm now this next episode. I'm really looking forward to reviewing. Oh yeah, I, I remember very much liking the next one. So that's one of the ones that stayed in my my memory um, in some form over the years. So can't wait to see it for a second time. Yeah, me too. Me too. So Clarence, anything else that you're working on that you would like to share with us before we go? Well, uh, if we're not talking about World War Three, there was another war, a battle at uh, the Binary Stars, which took place on Star Trek Discovery, and uh, we talk about that in a podcast. On, you can check it out at stdpodcast.com. Good deal. Good deal. And for any of you guys listening, if you are a YouTube fan, check us out on YouTube. We have a discussing comics slash discussing who uh, YouTube channel. You know, subscribe, share the videos with your friends and your coworkers, family, whoever you'd like to share it with, and encourage them to subscribe as well because we will be producing more content and one of the things that we will be producing content for is we will be attending pensacon and that is at pensacon.com you can find out more information about that so there are some doctor who um people you know actors that will be appearing john berryman who of course is captain jack uh fraser hines who of course is jamie mccrimmon so yeah cool deal can't wait oh yeah should be fine man all right, good deal. Well, you know, uh, good things come to an end, and thankfully our reviews of the Slovene have come to an end. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. 
Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.